Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air and good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm excited to have the morning radio shows starting again. That's been great. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, a real joy and a pleasure. And I have announcements here. All right. Reflective Listening Buddies is one of our longest-lived and most popular programs for a reason. There is no other support quite like it for practicing presence, with participants required to show up for themselves and another every week for 30 minutes. A new quarter starts April 15th. Is conditioning talking you out of a commitment that you really want to keep? If so, and if you would like some support, sign up for the Keeping Commitments Buddy Program, which begins April 15th. Participants will be paired with a buddy for accountability and support during this kind and compassionate training. And a few reminders for today's show. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, Please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes would be great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we're ready here. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Michael and Ashwini. This is Judy from California. Hi, Judy. Hey, Judy. Hi. Ashwini, I'd like some guidance on a koan that I've been sitting with for a long time. And I, I see the process or I see the snag in lots of areas, but particularly in two. And the koan that I'm working with is how can I hear the cries of the world and not collapse into them or or uh, make my heart a brick wall against them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how can I, the colon being, how can I, um, how did you say it, be, well, be the, open you know, to the cries of the world rather right. than, uh, than harden my heart against them? So, so not or, let your heart close. Mm-hmm. Right. Or at the same time, what happens, like when I'm recording and listening with a two-handed, Sometimes, you know, I, I'm in the right hand, and then when I go to listen to it, I collapse into that. You know, I keep on crying and crying and crying, like there's no space for me to come to center to, to hear or to be with. You uh-huh. know, I'm, I'm enmeshed. I'm enmeshed in it. Or, or the other extreme, the other bad choice is to kind of a get over it, you know, which is a hardening uh-huh. so- that I don't want uh huh. It's uh, it's interesting, right, Judy, that you're uh, uh, you're seeing the process being the same in the two-handed recording exercise and in the koan, which is that if if the right hand is speaking from a place of whatever is going on for that person, there is there is the there's the tendency, or sometimes the movement into that identity rather than being able to witness it. Right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Or or move or. into that place of such a level, not of disidentification into awareness, but disidentification into judgment. Right, saying, right. You know what? <laughs> Get yeah. over it kind right, of places. Right. Uh-huh. 
So it's kind of uh-huh. the two bad choices. It's either collapsing or being tough. You know, not tough. Yeah, being mm-hmm. closed. Mm-hmm. Being closed or collapsing. And so, uh, Judy, as you've been recording around it and looking at it, are those the only experiences you've had? No, not only, but there's certainly um, the majority of them. You know, so, so not uh-huh. only is it with recording and listening, but, but also with my Spanish studies, I'm speaking to someone in a different country, uh, mostly Latin America, you know, six times a week. Six time, yeah, six times a week. So I hear all these stories about Venezuela and their lives being hard. And, you know, sometimes because it's kind of a professional situation, I mean, it's a teacher and a student, I'm able to maintain some distance. But, but it just breaks my heart. You know, it, it, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not always able to maintain some distance, you know. Uh-huh. And so my, my, my first question would be, uh, what's wrong with your heart being, being broken open? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> just, right? Yeah. 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 Except, and when I'm recording and listening, if my heart's being broken, you know, if I'm just um, so enmeshed with a person who's crying, it's like I, like there's no ground underneath me sometimes. That's what, mm. like I'm just kind of. Oh, what a precious place to be. Huh. Because what you, if I, if, so it sounds like there's many things going on here, right, uh, Judy, which is an interesting place to process, right? So one is your heart brain being broken open, there's no, there's nothing that, def- that's nothing defensive that's around your heart. You're completely present and open to the experience of, uh, of suffering, of compassion, of empathy with what what's going on? It's a place of enormous tenderness, right? I mean, it's sure. it, it, it's 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 a it's the same. It's, I'm assuming that if we tune into our experience, the place of being in the anguish of somebody else's, uh, of feeling the pain that someone is going through, is the same place as being completely open to the wonder of something exquisitely beautiful. It, the the corollary being that we're absolutely 100. Pre- percent present without any barriers to that experience. Uh-huh. Yeah? So so well, there's that's one one piece of it. So and the second piece of it that you're talking about, so yeah, your heart gets broken open, you're in touch with the love that is undefended. No barriers, right? Mm-hmm. That's a tremendous mm-hmm. place of love. And when you say the groundlessness of that, that's such an accurate statement because there is no ego there. And ego is our sense of ground because it's the reference point of identity that we can come back to over and over again. And when the, the ego shatters, that experience, that total experience of being here for that, 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 for that love, that's love without identity. Hmm. So it's just something to consider, which is, I think, different from um, a, a, a skills training place, which is the ability to be able to witness something rather than becoming identified with it, right? Because I think mm-hmm. those are very, very different places. To have your heart broken open and to be in touch with the love 
uh, with the universality of suffering, with, uh, uh, with an intense level of caring, of being defended is one place. Without the groundlessness of that is an exquisite place to be because that is, that's an egoless place. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we can look at, okay, well, if it, it, so let's, let's take a different example than the two-handed re- uh, recording exercise, right? where you said that you are able to maintain a certain level of distance because it's a professional situation. There's a role. There's a, there's an, there's a role within which, you ha- within which you're constrained that allows you to practice restraint and religious observances because the role defines that, right? And so we can right. think about the two-handed recording in the same way. It, can you shift roles? And that's just a skill, just like... If you're listening to somebody, then you are in the process of listening to them. If you have to reflect them, they are in the role of reflecting them. They're all very, they're all skilled. And so, in, so if you find yourself not being able to get to a place of witnessing, then you can, you can notice that, and then you can practice that. So, for example, if you're practicing that as a skill rather than avoiding your heart from being broken open, mm-hmm. then when you're listening to the recording on the, in the right hand, you could reflect what the person is saying silently in your head so you don't get identified. Okay. Okay. That's right? A, that's if that's helpful, what you're yeah. practicing, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Because I, I think what we tend to do is conflate a whole bunch of, of experiences and we're talking about as far as I can tell, many different experiences. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's, that's very helpful because I have noticed if I'm in the right hand and I feel myself collapsing into it or identifying it, if I keep on listening over and over and over and over, then, then uh, uh, some space occurs. And I can, uh-huh. I can imagine that if I got into the role of reflecting, that that could... Um, facilitate that shift, that movement. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not imagine. Let Let's consider it. Right. Not imagine it, because yeah. I think yeah. you will when you practice. When uh-huh. you practice uh-huh. uh, with the two-handed recording and the awareness of what it, what movement you're practicing is conscious, right? So I am attempting to give all of my attention to this person having this experience, uh-huh. not being uh-huh. the person in the experience because that's my role right now, then you can consciously practice that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. That's helpful. Yeah, because that, that, that doesn't, that's not the answer to the koan of that, that you started this conversation with. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's a way to work with it, and then I can see what happens next, and we can talk more. Yeah, I want to well, be, I want to be open to the cries of the world. You know, I want I want that heart opening. Yeah, absolutely. You and you're willing to be. I mean, why would you not want your heart broken open? Yeah. Because if yeah. your heart is closed, then what you're at, what we're actually saying is, I'm identified with something that that resists what's going on. Right. Right. And I project, and I don't know this. You'll record and see what is behind. Uh, the, behind not wanting your, your heart to be broken open, yeah. right? Why is that a problem? 
because it puts you in touch with all the love that you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, and the story. also, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the, the story that arises immediately is I can't handle it. You know, but that's old. That's I mean, right. I've seen that. For, I've seen that forever. Right, and that's what you true. do get, yes, is that when you're broke. That's why I asked, what's the problem of a broken uh, a heart uh-huh. that's broken open? Because uh-huh. if you if you realize that your heart can be broken open over and over and over again, and and you can stand the intensity of the love uh, that you are, then that story is really not going to have any hold anymore. Uh-huh. You already uh-huh. know it's an old story, so you have your heart open and you and you and you feel all this love. Then you uh-huh. have the heart open and you feel all this love, and you can you just yeah. get more and more loving. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. Yeah. your problem with that? Right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, there's some story around if I'm crying all the time with somebody, I'm not any help to them. You know, it's just, I'll keep looking because it's, it's all gooky at this point still. Right. And, and, and Judy, I think the process, that's the process to appreciate, right? Well, so there's some story that if I cry all the time, I'm not going to be helpful to somebody. But is that true? Uh-huh. You're not, first of all, are you crying all the time? Right, <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of yeah. course, when you stop crying and you make the movement into, okay, let me see. It, it, it's not true that in the middle of your tears, something couldn't drop in around how you could be helpful. We, we, uh-huh. we make these, this, it is a story. We have these yeah, yeah. kind of um, all-encompassing statements that conditioning makes about ourselves that we just buy into without examining. Mm-hmm. Or without even experiencing in that depth. Oh, but it's not even my yeah. experience. That's yeah. not my reality. I don't cry all the time, and I do mm-hmm. find things that are helpful, and I can mm-hmm. be helpful, and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. This is uh, yeah, it's an ongoing exploration, especially in these times with the war and everything. You know, I, I want to be open, and yeah. uh, yeah, I want to be open to it all. I'm going to be with it all. Yeah. Yes. And what what we what we learn is how that how that how we stay connected to the love through that experience. Right. Uh-huh. So whatever. In order to stay connected to the love, which can handle everything, love with the capital L, the unconditional love. Right. It's unconditional because it remains unaffected by conditions. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I can. Uh-huh. And so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's such a, a it's such an important um, it's such an important intention to practice. I don't want to be closed. Don't want to be indifferent. Don't want to mm-hmm, avoid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, want mm-hmm. to be loving mm-hmm. because it's the only thing that it's the only response that makes real sense. There's nothing else we can do. Right. Right. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ruby. Bye, Michael. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Judy. And Ashwini, I found it especially valuable because you went into depth there. You mentioned that conditioning makes statement and it conflates all kinds of things together. But here, you know, on open air, we have the time to unpack all of that and see what kind of nonsense is buried under that blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that unpack it. Unpack those beliefs that are so interwoven. 
that doesn't really allow us to see it clearly. Yes, yes, exactly. And Ashwini, we have a lot of folks listening in on the show right now, um, and I don't see anyone else to unmute in this moment. Okay, well, let's see if anybody raises their hand. Okay, all right, there we go. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hey. Um, I didn't want to call in, <laughs> but I'm just felt compelled to, and um, yeah. And we know that the resistance is not you, right? The, what wants to call in and what called in and what put itself in what puts itself in the queue is that authenticity that always wants to participate. Yeah, there's it's a compulsion. It's a lovely compulsion. This is why I don't want to call it. I guess I'm just frustrated because I'm I've been working a lot at practicing and recording and listening and you know meditating and reading books reading the books and you know as much as I can and I guess I just get frustrated because You know, there's a lot of things going on in my family, and I just, it's like every day, not necessarily with me, but with other people, it's just kind of like something major kind of comes up, and um, uh-huh. I'm, I feel like I've been trying to just keep myself um sane through it all and you know that's why I've been putting a lot more work into practice and I'm just frustrated because I just feel like I have to start from scratch every day <clears throat> so, so so, let me see if I'm with you Amy the, there's mm-hmm. a lot of major upheaval in your life and it feels like every day that you're going to battle Right? There's some challenging circumstances that you have to contend with or deal with, not necessarily in your life, but with people, you, people in your life that you interact with. And right, so, exactly. Yeah, so it feels, you feel battered at some level. I, right. And that, right, that uh, I have to get up every morning and I have to go out there and I have to face the world and all of these challenging circumstances, and it, it feels exhausting. I feel battered by that. Mm-hmm. And so very wisely, you are attempting to support yourself in that process, right? Through meditation right. and recording and listening and, um, and whatever. And mm-hmm. so the, the fr- is the frustration that despite doing all of these things, <laughs> it doesn't get any easier? Or is the frustration that the challenges just keep coming and you feel depleted as a consequence mm-hmm. of it? Yeah, it's just the challenges keep coming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a soap opera. I 
like this past six months. Uh-huh. Just like yeah, I can not even tell you everything. And yeah, drinking you know, from a fire hose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, I guess I've been doing pretty well considering it all. I really Good actually have been. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. I'm just. Yeah. kind of at a breaking point tonight and um you oh, know and you know Amy have you ever considered that that's all right mhm because i i project i mean this is certainly my experience and mm-hmm. uh, of 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 the the circumstances are completely crazy they're completely challenging and mm-hmm. and and there's some sort of hidden expectation that we would meet meet that in some kind of perfect way <laughs> and then it gets right. easier or it stops or whatever it is that the voices I mean that that's what we're in touch with when we're mm-hmm. at the breaking point right that there there's 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 still some standard of perfection or expectation or outcome or uh, way it has to be that is causing that suffering and at some point we just go you know what? I surrender completely. I surrender right. completely, and I still am okay. That there, there's an unconditional love that I can still touch into when I'm on my knees. Right. That is all right. Right. Yeah. That that you are at that breaking point, and in fact, I don't know if this is your experience, but I think you just had it. When you when we when we articulate that place of I'm. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I just, and, and the, the dissolution of that, that we allow that energy in us, we accept that energy in us, we break through and you can come to that place of, actually, because I'm doing quite well, but I have yeah. to trust that feeling of, I'm going to break and mm-hmm. surrender to it in order to get to that place of, actually, it's not as, it, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we invite it all in, into acceptance, yeah. Okay. I think maybe I've been just trying to, expecting, um, expecting to maintain, um, you know, my composure through it all. <laughs> yes, and that's good to see because I'll tell you this from my experience, especially if you're, you know, one of those, achiever type who wants to deal with it all perfectly and no standards. Life takes mm-hmm. infinite, uh, in its infinite wisdom, will keep pushing us <laughs> until we let go of that expectation, right? Because mm-hmm. we won't let go of it otherwise. And so mm-hmm. there's a way in which uh, there, that is the sort of stand of identity that we're, we're, only, we're only going to let that go on, when we're pushed. Mhm. Yeah. And so right. to love ourselves when ego thinks us imperfect is to love ourselves unconditionally. Mhm. And so to let her go, let it go and let her know that it's a hard time. You're tired. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating, mm-hmm. it's challenging. It's hard to stay cheerful and graceful <laughs> and skillful mm-hmm. in the midst of it all. Mm-hmm. It's all right. And you don't Thank have to. You. Mm-hmm. you can be just right. as, you know, you can be however you are. Yeah. Exactly right. how you are. 
And so you do, do you, you have a recording and listening practice, right, Amy? Yeah. So maybe it's yeah. to, to help is to have that person do the two-handed recording exercise, the person who feels she's at her breaking point and the person who feels mm-hmm. like she's frustrated and can't keep it together. and Because mm-hmm. we're not attempting to keep it together. We actually right. want it to fall apart because when it falls apart, we're in that place of groundlessness that, uh, that Judy was talking about. No, no barriers to life. Okay. I guess I'm trying to... I don't know. Um, trying to be too perfect. Mm, yeah. Well, or you yeah. are being held to a standard of perfection, right? That would be the mm-hmm. right way of saying it. That conditioned identity that is, is, is who you've been conditioned to be is somebody who can go through the most horrendous of circumstances perfectly. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, it's a, such an unrealistic and absurd standard to be held to. Right. Okay. <clears throat> um, thank you so much. It doesn't say anything about you that you fall apart, right? Right. I guess... Um I mean, honestly, I don't want to get into too much content, but, you know, I've always been the kind of person who falls apart, but (laughs) I, um, you know, get it back together. But I guess maybe since I started practice and um, I felt like I had to keep it a little bit more together. Well, what, 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 what we're, and, and I know uh, we want to get, you know, uh, you said thank you many times, so I don't want to prolong this conversation. Yeah, no, that's all right. Wanna, I can talk uh, Prolong it. But, mm-hmm. but just to consider, right, there is an after practice and before practice orientation. So the before practice orientation is I, I keep myself together, which is identity maintenance. This is how mm-hmm. I am, and this is how I'm supposed to be, and this is how I should be, and if I'm not, there's something wrong with me. But mm-hmm. what we're doing in, in practice is not maintaining ego. And so if the ego falls apart, that's completely fine. That doesn't mean that the conscious, compassionate awareness that you are in touch with and that meets all these situations in your life, that take care of Amy, the human being, but also mm-hmm. can meet the situation, is a falling apart experience. Ego falls apart. The identity falls apart. But, but compassion isn't a falling apart experience. And so to okay. be aware that what I'm practicing is bringing compassion for myself, compassion for the situation, compassion for these people, that's not keeping it together. That's not okay. keeping ego together. Right? Okay. I'll have to listen to this and, uh... and call back. Yes, yes. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amy. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Amy. And Ashwini, what dropped in over and over was standards, standards, trying to meet condition standards, failing to meet condition standards. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just, uh, yeah. It's cool, isn't it? Yes. Cruel, did you say? 
cruel, yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. And Ashwini, we're going to break for good news updates, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Okay, Jen, I'm going to turn it over to you for a good news update. Great. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. And welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Vanessa, who is here to speak with us about the very pertinent topic of her experience of calling into open air. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you, Jen. So I was thinking, my goodness, you would think that um, Michael and Ashwini and the callers knew that this was going to be our topic. <laughs> Set us up mm-hmm. perfectly for it, because, right? Because it feels like so much of what folks have pointed at has really, has already started to make some of the points. But one of the reasons we really wanted to feature this is that, you know, open air has been on for decades now. And it's a practice opportunity that I think sometimes we forget about, even though, I mean, again, one of the examples, people are call into the show, but often don't think to put themselves in the queue. Mm -hmm. And it's a really unique practice opportunity in some ways these days in practice because it's an open forum and so we thought it would be really fun to hear directly from someone who do who does um, avail themselves of that opportunity and hear from you directly about what you feel like you receive from that particular this particular practice offering mm-hmm. um yeah well thank you um i think uh I think the well the first thing that drops in is um is um <laughs> now I'm forgetting but it's just it how, dropped right back out. <laughs> it dropped right back uh-huh. out. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> It'll be back. How, like like you said about putting yourself in the queue. It's like there's so um you know, there's so many sto- it's just the queue practice. And so what a yeah. what a good how how you can I can put myself in the queue and either get unmuted or not get unmuted, but just the uh, um, opportunity to prove the voices wrong, sort of over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. That that's that really. Practice, we'll say more about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, just proving because, the voices you know, wrong. Yeah, leading up to it, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have anything to say, or I'm not going to say it right, or or. Um, what are they going to think? I mean, just all the things around participation and speaking up, you know. And then there yeah. really is no other place, at least in my life, where there actually are, as like, you know, no standards, where whoever yeah. is listening, whatever facilitator is on that particular, paying so close attention, has no other yeah. agenda besides listening to what I have to say, um, yeah. it's just, yeah. everything Truly. that ego wants to tell me about it is a lie. So Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So, because, I mean, I'm sure everyone can relate to that, all that resistance that comes up in the many, many forms. Oh, you don't have anything to say, or maybe you have something you really want to say, but you're not going to be right. able to say it right. And you're going to make a total fool of yourself and, you know, all those things. But just practicing putting yourself in the queue regardless. And then, you know, I mean, you get whatever you get from the actual call, which is phenomenal. 
And a huge thing you also get is getting to prove the voice is wrong over and over and over. It becomes almost a training, doesn't it? Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've called into open air how many times, right? And have Mm -hmm. you ever completely made a fool of yourself? No. You know, and often, for I know for a lot of people, there's the post-review also, right? Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. You made a total fool of yourself. And then if people have the courage, they listen back to the archive and realize, "Hmm, actually, she sounded just fine. She had a lovely conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing. Um, I was listening back to a conversation I had with, I think, Ashwini a few weeks ago and just like... Um, how rich it is, like what a gift to have like this, um, you know, it's like a jewel, you know, that you can kind of listen to and you see one facet and then maybe you pick it up a few days later and there's another facet that you see and it, and it's, um, while all the calls do, I find, relate to my experience and, Mm-hmm. There is something about when it's directly to you, you know, when it's yeah. your question oh, or yeah. your whatever it is. Yeah, amen to all of that. And that piece that you just said, that's so beautiful that because it's there's an archive to it, you can listen back to it and then you hear something different. You hear this jewel and then you listen again, you know, a week later and you hear another jewel. And yes, absolutely, as you said, we get... we. We see ourselves in every person's experience, but it isn't the same as getting to lay out exactly what's going on for you. And as you were saying a minute ago, wow, that's the other person who's listening. That's all they're doing for that period of time in that conversation with you. All of the attention is on whatever you want to explore, whatever you're bringing to the conversation. And then what you're bringing becomes a gift to the whole Sangha. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I was laughing when Michael was saying that earlier, um, that there's the time and the space in open air to really explore Mm -hmm. it, right? It's not a particular topic. It's not a particular assignment. It's not a particular, but whatever's going on in your practice, there's the time and the space to really look at it and explore it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. 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 I think I think the other thing that I I I see in it too is how it, in my own experience but also and also from listening is how um can come to and I think Michael was referring to this too. You come to with this sort of this um what would you call it, like this nut, this thing that you mm-hmm. like, I can't, you know, get yeah. through this. And then it gets unpacked yeah. or it just, the, it gets reframed yeah. and 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 yeah. and then it becomes something you can practice with or then it becomes yeah. something to be curious about or um, yeah. sort of the heaviness of the whole thing dissipates and it becomes interesting and like, oh, okay, hmm. And just to have... That experience is really amazing. It is amazing. And and as you say that, Vanessa, it strikes me that it's such a good training, isn't it? Because it's really Mm -hmm. what both Judy, right, both callers so far tonight have been doing, which is Mm -hmm. here's the thing, here's this nut, as you say, this thing that is just, you know, (laughs) suffering with it. 
And, and there's this acknowledgement that maybe we've gone as far as we can go with it. And then calling into open air is a way to get it reframed, to look at the next layer, to shift from just sort of feeling overwhelmed by it to being in that relationship with it that you're describing of, okay, now it's back to being an exploration and a discovery and maybe even fun again. And now you can go off and work with it and see what you see about it. And then, as we often talk about, bring it back again and see what you're seeing about it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just amazing, sort of as I was thinking about, you know, this call and just like the different um, sort of layers of the way that the call works, like the way that this particular practice works, like there's, there's just like layers and layers or I don't, I'm not even sure if layers are the right word, but sort of facets of it where it's all sort of one thing, but then you look at it here and there's like the cue practice and then there's the actual facilitation and then there's the act, you know, there's the, I don't know, there's just so many layers to it all all happening at once. Yeah. Yeah, perfectly stated. Yeah. All those different layers all happening at once. There's what happens before the call, right? There's what happens when you're in Mm -hmm. the queue. There's what happens when you're unmuted, and there's what happens in the conversation. There's what happens when you go and work with it after the conversation. There's listening Mm -hmm. back to the archive of it and all the different, you know, and as you say, layers and layers and layers of it. And, again, as we talked about a moment ago, there's a real generosity in it. I just experienced Mm -hmm. such a generosity in people calling in. And one of the things I I project people get talked, the reason people get talked out of calling and our last caller sort of alluded to it is, well, you call in when you're lit up, right? You call in when you've seen, had a really big insight. You call in when you've really seen through something and all of that's great and fun and lovely and a great time to call in. But I'll tell you some of the, the calls that have transformed my own practice profoundly are when people find the willingness to call in in the middle of what's going on and the courage and willingness to do that, I think, is such a generosity. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I, I'm i 100% with that. Like, I just, because I watch myself and I feel like there's only a few uh personalities or whatever who are allowed to get on the call right. you know like I only allow or whatever I'm only allowed yeah. those certain ones yeah. so I really just like you said so appreciate it when people are willing to be vulnerable and like put it out there and then that inspires me to like do the exactly. same you know yeah exactly let the quote wrong person put herself in the queue right. and find out. It's like you were talking about and prove those voices wrong, right? What mm-hmm. a huge liberation that is to get mm-hmm. to be the quote wrong person, put yourself in the queue and be met with that level of listening and compassion and unconditional love. Wow. No wonder mm-hmm. the voices don't want us to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 No wonder. <laughs> Yeah, well, and speaking of generosity, Vanessa, thank you so much for being with us today um, to show up and speak about it because it's really, really helpful, I think. It is for me and I think for lots of folks to have that inspiration of, you know, being part of it, coming off the sidelines and really um, putting ourselves in the queue and participating in that way. So thank you for being here to talk about your experience of that. 
Well, you're so welcome, and it was uh, my, uh, what do I say, to my benefit or whatever as well. Yeah, there's another la- another <laughs> facet of it, exactly. right? Another layer of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Yeah. Good night. Good night. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwini. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Vanessa. And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, I'm going to practice restraint and religious observances and commenting on that conversation, which I found very lovely, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. All right, and we have another Sorry, Michael, can you, he- can you hear me? Yep. Am I, am I unmuted? Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I just said, mm-hmm, and I didn't know whether you knew I was on. I, I was, or should I say, I'll restrain myself. Let's get on the next caller, too. <laughs> right <laughs> okay. there with you. Okay, good. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Is this really happening? Am I really on? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hi, this is Tom from California. Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. My heart is uh, really beating. Wow. <laughs> I, I want to credit uh, Jen and Vanessa for getting me into the queue for the first time ever, mm. which uh, makes, it, makes me want to cry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they summon forth that uh, that courage, right, Tom? That can go up against a voice that says you shouldn't get on the queue, or you've nothing to say, or all of those various objections, and then all yeah, all yeah, of those things, the benefit all, of all of those judgments. I'm gonna I'm gonna be mm-hmm. judged. I'm gonna sound silly. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna be insightful. Um, mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. And then we do it anyway, and we have our own experience. Yeah, yeah. Mm. um, Which really is the point, right, Tom, that that is what we're not allowed to see if we don't challenge the voices. That, that, you know, what, what, what happens when we don't go with the voices and do it anyway? We, we, it's the first encounter with our authenticity, with unconditional love, with all kinds of things. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I um, I just kind of jumped in. I, I really wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. Um, but something that comes up for me is uh, I've been... Um, so I've been listening on and off to the show for oh, many years. Um, I feel like I've had a, a, a very robust meditation practice for over a decade, and uh, I'm doing. I have a, a pretty strong recording and listening practice, and I have just and I and I've 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 been to the monastery many times, and I and I've. I've I've shared with Sherry on guidance with this subject, but I feel um, and, and to the to the first caller, I feel like there's a lot of chaos on my life, but it's it's uh, strictly internal. It's strictly 
it's strictly suffering. It's, um, and, and the point I wanted to make is it feels the farther I go along the path, the harder. Mm-hmm. The harder that uh, suffering fights back. And um, I keep going. You know, I can't, I can't quit at this point. I've seen too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, yeah. it sure is not yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah. At, the same, yeah. I, at the same time, I have to acknowledge m- my, my life, if you will, has improved in so many areas, so many. So sometimes I wonder if this is conditioning, making me think it's wor- worse than it really is. But, um, but yet there, 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 there definitely is something to, once you start down on this path, that conditioning will try and everything and everything to uh, pull the rug from out of, out from underneath you. And mm-hmm. um, I guess yeah. maybe I just wanted, just was calling for maybe a little encouragement. Or I certainly am giving that to myself in recording and listening. And that's such a an amazing tool. When I first started mm-hmm. that, I couldn't even. I got identified with someone who couldn't even stand the sound of my voice. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've 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 seen through that and. Mm-hmm. Now I, I just uh, I love listening to myself now and supporting myself. And so, well, there's so much in what you just said, right, Tom? Because I think just to reflect that the the, the first thing that you said about um, the chaos is all in interiority is such a true statement of how, what it what we're up against, right? I mean, yeah, sometimes the circumstances are really really horrendous. And if, if the circumstances are difficult or challenging, without that, whatever that's going on inside of me, there would just be circumstances that were horrendous and challenging rather than the intensity of the suffering that gets piled onto the circumstances. And so there's such wisdom in knowing how much we're trapped by, the, by our conditioning, right? By that mental process that we, we can't run away from. And so a large part of our lives, if we're not in spiritual practice, is to try to arrange the circumstances so we don't get triggered without re- recognizing that we're just running away from all, all our interior uh, storms and, and that we can't do that. We have to stop running away from that because we will never be able to do it. And so when we start on a practice like this and when we're recording and listening and we're meditating and we have a solid practice, we do increase our awareness. I I was just uh, looking at this somewhere. You know, you can't say whether or not before practice you didn't have this level of conditioning or you just weren't that aware of it. Yeah, yeah. The more more you practice being aware, the more you are aware. And yeah, you're I, absolutely right. It's not easy. At the, the farther we go, the more convinced we are that uh, we're on the right track. There's no retracting. You cannot unsee, as you said, what you've seen. But that doesn't make it any easier. No, it doesn't, and it's it's part of the reason I listen to the show also, and and mm-hmm. why I really just wanted to 
I've uh, it's part of me that has admired people that share no matter where they at where they're at and Mm -hmm. I wanted to do that to feel closer to Sangha to feel Mm -hmm. um, yeah you know that that I'm not alone you know that we're all on we're all on this path together yes and we can witness each other's experiences and talk about each other's experiences uh, wherever we are and how what however challenging or however joyful it feels and so you you know you know Tom that place that um it's what, what do we say it's um, going farther faring worse and so as we as we uh, where I was going with that is that that what we get in touch with is the expectation that it will be easy which is uh, finally something we're going to have to let go of that I'm in touch uh, with whatever the barrier is that I have to go through next and in some ways I mean, here we are uh, on an encounter with divinity. And uh, yes, it is who we are, but why would we expect that process to be simple or not difficult or effortless? <laughs> that's such a great point. That's, that's a hard big one, one right? Too. Yeah, that's a big yeah. one, being identified with look at everything I do and I'm not feeling better or gosh, I, I meditate for half an hour and then the next hour conditioning fights back even harder. And, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a really yeah. well, strong one to look well, at. And I, and I, I don't know. I mean, I don't mean this in the absolute sense of the word, but it, 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 it puts us in touch with, I mean, I think this is, this is how it's sometimes stated. Why would we want life to be other than it is? We yeah. struggle because we want to meet it on our terms. Yeah. Not on life's terms. Yeah. yeah. Whoever said it needed to be easy, whoever said it was only the, the rainbow moments and not the other moments. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that as we go through different crucibles, what we're, what we're getting, to, getting to is unconditional love, which is always available regardless of the challenges or, or either the external uh, chaos or the internal chaos. It isn't that the chaos changes. It's that the love is more available. Absolutely. And, and to come up again, I'm still trying to change the circumstances in order to have a particular feeling, and I start letting go changing the circumstances and let the chaos be the chaos, but start looking for the constancy of the love that never, that never disappears, that's always there. Oh, I love that. Oh. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. And that just feels so much better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it, it feels, feels, it feels. resonates. Right. Yeah, it does. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. It really does. It really does. Mm-hmm. <sighs> because that's where we see it being challenging, how, uh, it should be different. There's an outcome to my practice 
and 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 then we get to go wait a second i'm just being unfolded in a process of life and getting more and more intimate with what life really is which is the love that is there regardless of the challenges oh thank you so much for saying that yeah. okay i'm going to keep looking at that and don't be a stranger. Now that you put yourself in the queue for the first time ever, ah! you're unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much to both of you. Thank you. All right. Take care, Tom. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Tom. I really enjoyed that conversation, Ashwini, and courage is the word that just kept dropping in over and over and mm. over. Mm-hmm. And we have time for one more caller here. Ashwini, you're breaking up just a little bit for me. Oh, okay. Is this better? Yep, that's better. And next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Michael. It's Karen. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karen. Hi. I... um, I was feeling a little bit like the wrong person calling in. I liked that term, you know, the, um, Mm -hmm. so I hadn't put myself in the queue, but here I am. And, um, I, um, I, well, I, I'll just, I'll speak to the power of recording and listening for me right now, because I just, a few days ago, lost my mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, which is, I know I'm incredibly lucky to have had a mother. She was, she was almost 97, and um, but she lived right up to the, to the moment she died, and um, and um, but I just, I feel so strange being in the world without her, mm-hmm. and. Um, and what I'm learning, what I what to happen, I just went right for the recorder, and it's like somehow, and I, you know, I did this with my husband when he passed, and somehow, you know, there I, I, and I just, well, I don't need to figure it out, but it's it's like it brings that person. If there's a place in that recorder where she and I can meet. There's a place there that we can be together and talk. And I don't know any other place that I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's just my experience of it. I pick up the recorder and I just talk to her. And um, and it doesn't have to make any sense, right, Karen, because picking up that recorder, what I heard you say is allows you to be with that person. Yes, the person who's no longer there in physical form, and yet the ability to interact with that, uh, interact with them for their presence to be part of your life. Yes, so, and in a different form. Yeah, in a different form, but it's like I can. I mean, she can actually speak back to me. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. oh, there, I thought, oh, this is like a two-handed recording. Only I'm, you know, she's listening. And then she speaks back to me, and you know, and I just think it's so nice to have a place to talk about it because, you know, it's not like I could. This is, I mean, 
if you, if you don't know what recording and listening is, it would be really hard to try to explain this to someone. <laughs> but it's just yes. really, it's just mm-hmm. so, um, it's just so incredibly comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very comforting because there's a way in which uh, it's not a loss, right? Yeah, it, they're still available. I mean, you, yes, there is that. So, so many things about what you said, the, the experience of ha- losing someone, it's what we were talking about in the first conversation, is that it gives you a sense of groundlessness, right? There's no te- yeah. there, there isn't that reference point, which is a reflection for you of how you are, because that's sort of why we, in some ways, we don't have to make meaning out of it, but there's a way in which what you touch into in that two-handed recording exercise is that wonderful truth that there, is, there are no others, we're just meeting ourselves over and over again. And we had this form that, that would be one meeting with ourselves, and now in the, the recorder, that same process gets replicated in some way for you. Yeah, it really does. And, um, you know, to the system, to me, it's like, it feels like, it feels like there is... It feels like it, it brings her into being or it brings her into the present moment somehow. Not like, you know, a ghost is here or my mother's here, but it mm-hmm. just brings, there's a presence. And mm-hmm. um, and maybe it just brings me into this present moment. But, and maybe that's what you're saying. <laughs> uh-huh. is that it's just, it, I know exactly what she'd say to me. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I just have been with her for so many years that I know exactly what she'd be telling me and... You know, and and um, and so, and maybe that's it. It's just, I yeah, I think that's what you just said. I can just I reference that, but it's just so comforting and so, um, I don't know. It's what it's what pulled me through when my husband passed away, and I, I just, I. I just wasn't expecting this with my mother, but here it is again, you know, so. And, um, and I, I project what you were going to say is it's, it's tangible, right? There's a concrete process movement that you can make yeah. that uh, is familiar, it's comforting, it allows you to stay in touch with the love that was your experience of this person. And yeah. as, as you just said, that the, the yeah. recording and listening about it, getting in touch with who this person was in your life and the love that you had for them is a way of keeping them alive, within quotes, or that's how it feels like. Yeah. And it is mysterious, right, Karen? I mean, we, yeah. we, as you said, it's hard to explain this or what it means, but you're visceral. You have a direct experience of yeah. where you go with it, right? Yes. What, what you have a way of practicing with it, you have a, a way of keeping it in conscious awareness, You're, you have a way of being present with what's going on for you, you, you feel comforted. Yeah. And so it, it, there's, there's just a, it, it doesn't have to make sense. We don't have to make meaning out of it. We're just really grateful <laughs> that the recorder yeah. can do that for us. Yeah. And, you know, I, I actually realize, well, that's probably all I need to say, actually. I, I think I'll save this for another conversation but um it's just uh, it was just about that the application of this is just so broad in so many areas where 
I think, I don't know about anybody else, but just in the world where I experience some grief about what's going on and just, um, and I just, you know, I'm, I just think the application of this, it doesn't have to just be a person that you lose, you know, but you love. It can be a lot of things. And um, I don't know, I feel like I'm still really tuning into the power of the tool that we have. And, um, and the power of the conscious, compassionate awareness that is what we are and that animates all. Right. That's that's exactly what the tu- the the tu- the tool is giving us access to the intelligence that animates. Yeah. And so, as you said, it's a broad application to any kind of content yeah. where we need that wisdom with us, that counsel, yeah. that presence, that kindness, yeah. that broader perspective. Whatever the content is that is causing us to suffer, that wisdom knows the answer to. Yeah. And, you know, who who really knows what, I mean, you know, I think about when you say it gives us access to the intelligence that animates, but who, who, you know, to me that might be a collective thing, and maybe my mom's in there somewhere, you know, maybe, maybe she is, who knows, it's just, just, but it feels like a place, it feels like a place that she and I can meet, and, um, and that I can feel comforted and that I'm okay and, you know, and I can get the tears out and then I'm like, okay, now I need to go to the store, you know, or whatever. And I, I can carry on. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, and, yeah. Um, I, I, and yeah. Anyway, but I see where really? I'm and I'm just so appreciative and thank you. And thank you for that. Thank I liked you. that, really liked all the calls and the good news update because was really helpful. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Karen. And another beautiful conversation, Ashwini, and a fabulous show today. Really enjoyed it. It, it, it. it was indeed. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ashwini. Go happy. You too. Bye. Bye.